G'day and welcome to the Andrew Price Podcast, back from the New Year's break. I am joined with the one and only Dylan Gu. Welcome to the podcast, Dylan. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I really appreciate it. This is actually really cool. Yeah, I'm glad we could chat. We had a, a good, we had a good long few chats at the Blender Conference. We did. We had yep. some really good, uh, really good sushi too. And uh, yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> yep, ice cream. Yeah. It was a, it was a whole shebang. It was great. Oh, uh, it was an experience. Yeah, yeah. Was it your first time in Amsterdam or second, second, second time? Which was okay. only for Blender Conference. So I've only been for Blender Conference and haven't really had a chance yeah. to explore the city. So that was actually the first That's time I actually got to walk around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. We saw yeah. the red light district. We did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. That was an experience. We just we walked through it. We were just like, oh, this is this is a. I mean, we ha- we can't this not is go. A thing. You know, like it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. One other guy at the conference like lived there in Amsterdam, and he was yeah. like, "I'll show you the red light district if you want." And we're like, "Well." You gotta see it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's 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 obviously like a unique location. Like, you kind of like it's yeah. an interest. It's an interesting culture shock too, because it's like this yeah. is like it's just so different. It's like, oh wow, this is this is a real thing, and it's like, yeah, it's just it's cool to learn about, you know, and, and to see in person. It's like, it, it, yeah, it your eyes on like, you yeah, know, how, how things can be different. <laughs> it is weird. It's like yeah. this is still planet Earth, and yet yeah. there are girls selling themselves in the windows yeah so that's kind of a yeah. cool you know it's radical yeah, it's, it's, something different yeah it, it's, it is radical yeah 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 anyways yeah. Get, it was get, it was getting getting conference yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> blender blender yes 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 blender yeah. um anyways um for <laughs> folks who don't know who you are uh could you introduce yourself yes my name is dylan goo um some people know me as Dylan Goo G O O, which is my YouTube name. Um, my real name is Dylan Goo G U. I mean, it's just a pun. It's really not that complicated. Nice. But um, yeah, my YouTube channel is focused on animations, specifically animations done in Blender, um, and I've been doing it for ten years now, I think. Um, yeah, my my animations focus a lot on fight scenes. I did a lot of fan animations back in the day. Um, and I worked on Ruby, R-W-B-Y. Some people know that um, as sort of like uh, the biggest thing I worked on, you know, when I first started animating. And um, nowadays I run my own studio on YouTube and have been making some independent animations and uh, some animations for, for clients and stuff. And it's been a lot of fun. Our biggest focus has been just like making cool scenes, fight scenes and other action scenes with uh, the anime NPR rendering style and sort of pushing that uh, a little bit further than than I think most people do, hopefully. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'd love, love to... Got a lot of questions around the anime style. But um, yeah, let's start with... Uh, yeah, when, when did you get into animation? Have you always been involved in animation since you were a kid? Yes. It's an interesting story. I So, I used to draw a lot as a kid. I think a lot of artists did. But, like, I, as a kid, always wanted to be an animator, technically. Like, I used to watch animations and be like that i want to i want to draw littlefoot and you know uh, like land before time was like my jam so i was like that i'm gonna watch that for ten thousand times and then be like yeah i could do that and so as like a four-year-old or six-year-old i was like i want to be an animator and my asian mother was like no you don't (laughs) like no you don't because that you're not gonna be able to eat if you do that (laughs) and i was like right oh right okay fair enough um, so like, I didn't really understand much, but I was like, okay, maybe I can't be an animator. I'll be a cartoonist. They make comics. And she's like, that's worse. That's way worse. <laughs> so, 
I, I, I was like, you know, I dreamt big. I was like, yeah, I want to be like, you know, something art related. I want to do something like animatory and like that was always, always, it ultimately started as an animation. It sort of dived into a whole bunch of different art related things at some point. Um, and, um, I didn't really do much with it for a long time. So like throughout most of my like childhood, I just mostly drew, um, and did like art and stuff. And then I actually started doing live action, uh, directing. So really? I got really okay. into the idea yeah, of like storytelling. Now this is actually a interesting thing because the reason why was because I once again wanted to get into animation. So like somewhere in high school, I was like, man, I really want to be an animator. And I was like, Monty Um was one of one of my big inspirations. And he like was like, oh, I use these certain softwares. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll try those software. And then I and I just immediately gave up. I was like, this is this is way too hard. <laughs> like, I'll never be an animator. This is ridiculous. So I gave up and I was like, what's the next best best thing? Right. I just want to tell stories. I want to like like I loved camera angles. I love directing. So I was like, I'm uh -huh. just gonna be a director. Like I'll just I'll I'll do like live action stuff. And so for several years I actually did live act uh, live action stuff and I specifically did dance videos. That's a whole other thing. No way. Um, That's where I, you started. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm real. This is like a really roundabout story, like origin story. But um, no, no, this is I was also, yeah, I was also a dancer. So I, um, I the only people I could convince to be in my videos were my dance friends. <laughs> so I made dance videos for several years, and that's how I got a lot of my camera act, like my camera work experience and my acting experience. Um, for, and wh wh like where did these videos go? Like up on YouTube or? Yeah, they're on YouTube. They're on. They're on. They're on a secret channel, which I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. Wait, how, old, how old were you old. at this point? Uh, I was probably like fifteen, sixteen. I think. Okay. Around just that, in high school, mucking age. around with friends. Yeah. Throwing it up yeah, online. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I made a couple of like narrative pieces. I made one in college uh, about like sleep paralysis. I did like a like a horror film once, and then cool. like after that. Um. And then at some point, basically, I was like, like, this is just like, I guess, the theme of my life. I guess I'll try animation again. So this is like my third time like getting into animation. And like this time, I was like, okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try 3ds Max. <laughs> nice. So this is where it gets a little weird. Okay. I was okay. actually learning 3ds Max. And then my friend was like, why are you doing that? There's a free software called Blender. You should use that one instead. And I was like... What year was this? This was 2000. 12. Okay. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, it was 2000. It was 2011. It was 2.62, wow. I think, the first version that I wow. used. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this was the old yeah. arcane interface. It was oh, not yeah. as easy to oh, get yeah. to grips with as it is today. But okay. Yep. Exactly. And so, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll forget everything I learned about 3ds Max, and I'll use Blender because <laughs> I was, I was like, it's free. It's fine. That's good. And then, um, yeah, and then I just went into like hyperbolic training mode, and I started getting addicted, and that's. And then it just never stopped. And now I'm here. <laughs> that's like kind of, True. That, that's pretty much it. So I, um, yeah, in the first month that I used Blender, uh, I just Googled a bunch of tutorials and just sort of learned as much as I could. And um, a lot of those were actually yours. Actually, I learned a lot hey, of uh, Blender from right. you in the first month or so. That was really cool. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's all come full circle. I mean, I've, I've done, like, I don't think I've gone like a single day at home like not using blender like since then it's that was like 10 whoa years ago, 12, damn 12 years, dude 12 years ago yeah, yeah. okay so I, quick quick pause you mentioned you um montague said he was using monty a piece um. of monty yes. um sorry what yeah, piece yeah. of software was that that you first started with that was poser 
So Poser is, it's honestly like no one really uses it. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. It's most popular in porn communities. <laughs> is, sure. oh, that yeah. Poser. Like it's, yeah, Poser, Daz 3D, like they're kind of the same. Like, like yeah. I think uh -huh. they're, I, I think they're owned by the same company now, but um, <clears throat> it's very like bare bones, like minimal. Mm. Um, I mean, it's called poser. It's not even called animator. So it's like it's not really made for animation either. Like you know, it's like so it can it can yeah. do some like basic stuff. But like Monty was a, I mean, he was just a god at it. Like he knew how to beat that software into submission. And right. um, I didn't really know how he did it until, of course, I worked at Ruby. And um, at Ruby, they used Poser because Monty used Poser. And and finally, after like six years of like doing my own thing, like I finally figured out how to use Poser, which was like at Rooster Teeth because I, I had to. Um, Wow. And now I kind of know how he did it. But like how he did it was like no one would have guessed that that you could use Poser that way. Like he uses all these shortcuts and like all these like different like hacks to like force it to like make sense. And it does make sense once you do it, but it's not a it's not a program I would recommend oh, to be honest. Wow. Okay, yeah. okay. So you were <laughs> was this you got the job at Rooster Teeth. Yeah, explain that. Yeah. 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 So that was um Okay, so like after I got addicted to Blender and I was just making animations, I started posting on YouTube. So I had already started posting on YouTube for a while, and I had, uh, I guess I should mention that like technically, my my YouTube channel recently got over a million subscribers. So like that's been pretty cool. That's that's old. I'm gonna replace that one. Uh, hey, yeah, get rid of that <laughs> like silver pretty, button. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's been a long journey. But at the beginning, I actually got um, a couple of videos uh, taking off with uh, Minecraft animations. So like. Um, mm -hmm. I already had a YouTube channel that was like starting to grow um, right when okay. I started animating. And um, by the time uh, the whole Ruby thing came around, basically Monty Ohm had like, he'd actually passed away suddenly. He was only, I think, 33, which is really unfortunate. Do you know um, how he went? And unfortunately, it, the details aren't super clear, but it does seem to be agreed that it's like an, it was an allergic reaction to a standard medical procedure. Um, oh, not damn. really foreseen at all. Like it wasn't like there was no pre, um, conditions or anything. Like, no one knew, uh, why mm, exactly, mm. but for the most part, it was just like that. And like, they couldn't have known ahead of time. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I think like to me, like Monty has always meant a lot to me. Like he was always a, one of the big reasons why I got into animation. So they hit me pretty hard. And so I basically dedicated my like next project to him and, um, sort of like push myself to really like make something that was like, you know, something that he, he would like, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I always liked his stuff. So like his, my stuff would always resemble that kind of style anyway. So I was like, I created a project called project Monty. And that was a project that was sort of like, it was kind of like, honestly, Ruby esque. He had already started Ruby. Like it was about two volumes in now. And, um, I had like these sort of like colored characters that would like fight um, with these like creative weapons that were also guns. It's like the whole thing with Ruby, like every weapon is also a gun. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, but like, it sounds crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, I worked on Project Monty for a little bit and started posting it online as like progress. So I started streaming it and stuff until eventually Rooster Teeth basically like saw it and like they found it um, and they really liked my stuff. Um, Shane Newville was actually uh, he's the guy who sort of like worked with Monty the closest during mm -hmm. uh, the Ruby productions. And he actually found my stuff and reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you like, are you, are you, are you busy later? <laughs> you know, like, is there something like we can do together? Cause like, that's your, like your stuff is really good. And mm. I was like, 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, let's, and and this know, was let's the stuff up. that you'd made using Blender, basically. Yes, this was Blender. Yeah, this was using okay. Blender. Cool. Um, yeah, so I created all that stuff, and uh, when Rooster Teeth ultimately said that they liked it and they were interested in hiring me, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, of course. Like that would be that would be a huge honor for me to like work on Ruby, you know." Mm. Um, so because uh, it's like it's exactly the style that I you know was inspired by and all these things and I wanted to help contribute to the project especially now that Monty was gone so like that was something that I was like absolutely like I should I would definitely be part of this project mm. and then I found out that the office was five minutes away from where I lived <laughs> no I didn't way. know that I You're didn't know that me. yeah yeah I what the know. hell what are the odds I don't know wait wait where was that this is Austin Texas wow yeah. I went I went to school in Austin, Texas. And it was actually that year that I was graduating. So like it just really, yeah, you graduated high school and then got a job at Rooster Teeth. No college. I graduated college. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the university of Texas in Austin and, um, I just happened to be five minutes away from the office, not realizing it. And then ended up getting a job right when I finished school and, um, worked for Rooster Teeth for a little bit. And that was like, it was, I didn't even have to move. I just like, drove <laughs> that's place. so convenient my it god is, it is like the, it was the weirdest like set of coincidences i was like i don't understand um but i was very thankful because like that was a great opportunity you just drop like, it into google maps and it's like oh shit yeah. i could walk there <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean i i was like there's no way there's no way that's impossible but like yeah like i had no idea i wasn't considering any of that when i was like picking the place like three years ago like i moved in like three years ago like it wasn't even like Oh, anyway, wow. so I, um, yeah, I, I just like, couldn't believe it. So I had a great time working on Ruby. I think like, uh, um, how long were we there for? And a, what year did you start? So that was, uh, oh, numbers. I think it was 2015 to 2016. Okay. I yep. want to say, yeah. Um, and, uh, I only worked for them for about six to eight months, I think. So it was actually oh, okay. just volume right. three. Yeah. So volume three, uh, it was like the main the main project that they worked on with uh, in Poser. So they were actually working in Poser for that one. And then they moved to Maya for the next one. Uh, hmm. Between project three and four, I basically was kind of like stuck in this position where I was like, do I want to continue working on Ruby or do I want to do my own stuff? Because I'd already started my channel before this. And hmm. working on Ruby sort of made me kind of like, I wasn't able to work on it anymore. Um, so it sort of, I had this tough choice to make of like, you know, because I, I have my own career goals and I wanted to sort of like start my own thing and like have a studio one day and like create some original properties. So like for me, I was like, it'd be really cool if I could keep doing YouTube, but like I, it's really difficult to do that at the same time. So mm -hmm. I ended up taking mm -hmm. a break <clears throat> between volume three and volume four to just work on my own channel. And mm -hmm. um, I was planning to come back for volume four. But between that time, my channel started taking off again. So hmm. I just ended up staying. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would say that worked out pretty good. Like generally speaking, YouTube's been pretty good to me, so that's that's great. Yeah. Um, but also, Damn. it's like it's just what I love to do. Like it's just it, I think like the YouTube stuff has been um, addicting in a healthy way. <laughs> um, uh -huh, uh -huh. Like it's just like I just I just really like doing it. So I I've been you know keep going for the next like next project next project. It's like there's never an end to it, and I just I I really love it. So that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, what sort of animations or videos are you uploading to Dylan Goo, the YouTube channel? Yes. That's an interesting question because it changes. It's changed over the years a few times. And like, that's sort of like, it's an interesting 
exploration of like a YouTuber's journey too. Cause like, I know not a lot of people get to see that. Uh, but for me, because I have such like, I, I have a very strong sort of like, uh, I guess like core motivation of like what I, where I want to go. Like there's a mm. lot of like, when it comes to like YouTube as a sustainable business, there's a lot of like, oh, there's, there's things you should do. And that's definitely a good thing to do and keep in mind. Um, but like, there's been a lot of instances where I basically have to choose between doing the sustainable thing or taking more risks and doing the thing that I, that going in the direction I want to go in the long run. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so at the beginning, I did a lot of fan art because that was something that I knew would do well. And so I did Katsu Watch. This mm. was like a couple years ago. It was just Overwatch, but with cats. So you <laughs> okay. have cute, cute little kitties doing Overwatch fight animations. And uh -huh. it was just like this cool little dichotomy of like cute but deadly, which is a pun on one of the figurines. <laughs> but essentially, they um, like that that series got pretty big. Like a lot of people really enjoyed that. The Overwatch community really enjoyed that, um, and um, and I really enjoyed it. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. I even made plushies of them, and like Blizzard actually reached out to me, and like we worked together on some projects. No way, there. really? Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I, I I did like a I did like a. a Katsu Watch sponsored video by by Blizzard. So like I did like a cat animation of like one of their new skins to like promote it and stuff. That was pretty. Is fun. that right? Uh, no way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they were really supportive, and I was like, this is great. Um, you know, I could keep doing this. Uh, but then at some point, I was like, yeah, I, I could. But like, ultimately, like what I want to do is to create original IPs and to you know animate something that's closer to the anime style, you know, of animation. Um, mm. So going into the more sort of serious, like serious storytelling, um, serious characters, that kind of thing was sort of my goal. So I was like, these, these are, these are cute. These are good, but let's see if, what, what else can I do as an artist? Can I push myself further? And so I actually started going away from Katsu Watch, uh, much to the dismay of some, some subscribers. Oh, really? <laughs> but, uh, oh, they <laughs> okay. keep asking about it. So like, I, I keep getting messages about like, Where's you know the new the new character for Overwatch Two as a cat? It's like, it's been five years. Come on, <laughs> yeah, 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 let it go, let it go. <laughs> yeah, but like that's that is something that people still you know want to watch, and it's interesting because it's like that's a like a little sort of mini franchise that I started that I just sort of like wanted to move yeah. away from, and so then I started doing um, some more stuff, and I did I did more cat stuff because that was still good as like a testing ground because they're much easier to model, and so I created that to like test the anime side of things. So I started parroting anime. So I, okay. then I did Demon Slayer cats. Then I did One Punch Cat. Then I did, uh, you know, Attack on Titan, with but with cats. Um, okay. These are all, like, very popular anime with, like, cute kitties. And, like, like, My Hero Academia with cats. And, like, I started doing a bunch of those videos to really practice, you know, what we could be capable of if we started doing more anime-style stuff, like anime-style anime directing, you know, that kind of thing. But kept the cat theme because we wanted to keep the you know, the, the same sort of thread of audience and also like that's still an appeal that makes people like want to watch it, right? So we 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 did that for a while. So then we did anime cats and then finally uh finally as of like last year, um we started doing human stuff. <laughs> so now we're officially right. doing like human stories. And at the end of the day, like um the types of videos vary very much on just like what what do we think we can do to push ourselves. So like mm. in the past we did like you know, parodies of like fan art that like are from like the show, like a, a scene from the show, but like animated with cats. And like, we sort of like learn from that. And then now we're starting to push more into like the original things of like, we, we made an original series called Katsu, uh, Cyber Katsu. 
Uh-huh, it's actually uh-huh. still cats, but it's a cat girl. So it's a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so now we're practicing. So I, I've been, I've been, I'm like a Pokemon evolving. Like I feel like I've just been like, okay, we yeah. gotta, we gotta like change a little bit, but like keep the previous like. You know, Pikachu, like Raichu still got the cheeks, you know? So it's like, you just gotta like mm. keep going with like the common thread. And I'm, I'm at the point where we've went from cat girls now to like just humans. So now we're, huh. we're doing pure human anime stuff. And, uh, our recent project was with, uh, Genshin Impact. Uh, so they, um, they sponsored a video for us to do. And that, that video did very well. People are really enjoying that one. And that's like a full human piece, uh, that's in like the full anime style. Oh, um, wow. And it's sort of Genshin Impact show. is an anime show? Kind of. It's an anime game. They are also oh, doing okay. a show. But right. that's a separate thing. So they're actually, they're a gacha game. I don't know if you're familiar with gacha, but it's like a loot box. Like loot box. Wipers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just have like uh, this sort of gambling mechanic in like a free-to-play game where you can get like new characters and stuff. Um, right. But it's okay. fully anime style. So Genshin Impact's a pretty popular, it's probably the most popular anime style game out there right now um and they're from like a chinese company and like they they do a lot of stuff they, they came out around the pandemic time so like 2020 wow okay got yeah. it wow so yeah. much to unpack this is crazy i um, know it's it, there's a whole world out there <laughs> like, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy i mean when you said like yeah i did like a few like overwatch videos like i just like loaded up the <laughs> channel and i'm like had to keep scrolling and I'm like, yeah. is it just yeah. an Overwatch channel? There's so exactly. many. So this was purely yes. just for fun with cats. And I assume you're yeah. a fan of Overwatch and you just fused yeah. the two and then you just grew. Your subscribers grew. Yes. Um, yeah. That's crazy. So, And I was full time at the time too. Like the, like, cause I created some merch and I created some like, you know, ways to support me. And ultimately like that plus the ad revenue, I was able to actually live off of it right okay so and so at like, this point it was just you using doing the cat it was just animation. me yes exactly okay it was just me yeah okay so in fact like a lot of the like the reason why there's so many videos is because like as a as just as just me i was like pushing myself very hard to like upload a video like every three weeks or something and like mm. there's just like constantly like this this battle because like that was my livelihood so i was like i kind of have to get more videos out for yeah. you know to like to see if i can scale and like it wasn't scalable and like that's sort of like ultimately mm-hmm. what i learned it's like i can't scale by myself like i can only yeah. do so much and like i'm barely able to just like you know recover from the last video before i like, can make another one mm-hmm. so that was where I, I was like i think i need a team yeah yeah right I, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious because i know you've probably heard like within the youtube community that youtube changed its ad algorithm maybe yeah. like eight ish years ago or something whereby previously I think you got paid per view, but now it was like paid per watch time, which meant that there used to be these like channels that would work for a year, making like one minute of animation. And then when they did this change, it meant that like they just didn't have, they just couldn't do it. Didn't have enough revenue anymore. So I assume now it's probably changed. I mean, with all the extra advertisers now on YouTube, it's probably gone up. Um, But I'm, but not kind of, okay. Not really. Animation is still really bad. <laughs> like True. animation is still is still like so the biggest thing is that like watch time still matters. Um mm. I think like there's still other factors now so it's like whether like your CPM is high or whatever it's like there's a couple other things with like advertisement 
quality yeah. or whatever or like how, yeah. how well it aligns but generally speaking it's still very much like watch time based so if when you make a one minute animation you're not going to get paid as much if you make like an eight minute animation and like one mm. is exponentially more expensive than the other and like compare that to like a vlog right it's like a five minute oh, vlog versus like a 10 minute vlog is like this it's honestly kind of the same amount of work right it's like at the end of the day yeah. you have more than that for footage so it's like you're just cutting it down so like um, yeah. In fact, sometimes a shorter one takes more time. So it's like, mm, at that point, mm. I think like, you know, doing animation on YouTube is not like the best business strategy because like it, it is a very like time consuming process. Um, and that's something that like I just personally feel really strongly about. Like I just really like animation. Mm. So like I've always been like, I'm going to make it work somehow. So most of my revenue came from merchandising, not from ad revenue. True. Yeah. No way. Okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you could sell uh, the Katsu Overwatch stuff yes. without I mean, Blizzard I, getting like give that us was, some cash. That that was it was <laughs> fortuitous. It was a very much like a forgiveness not permission thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was like I guess we're it just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh totally. It totally is. And it no is way for, the like, legal department everybody. signed off on that. No, no like if I asked them ahead of time, they're not going to be like, yeah, we'll take a chance. Like who knows? Yeah, yeah. Like, no. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but but they're very supportive of fan art, generally speaking. So like, I was I was optimistic. I was like, I think it's fine. So like, I I did that. It was a calculated risk, and ultimately, they actually turned around and were like, "This is cool. Like, we we actually really mm. like what you're doing with the merchandise." Nice. They actually at some point wanted to um, try to actually help us distribute it. So they were huh. they were originally going to be like, "Oh, like we could actually put that those plushies. They could they could go on our website." Um, that didn't work out because they happened to be going through a bunch of management changes at the time. But yeah, that was like uh, pretty cool that they actually supported that. That's not the mm. case for everyone though. Like especially mm. for anime, that became a lot less guaranteed. Like Western companies are more open to it because they understand that it's free marketing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese companies are a lot more traditional. So they are just very strict on the rules and like just like the rules are the rules. And so like um, <laughs> yeah. when I started doing anime stuff, I started running into that more. And uh, you can actually see that right now. One of my most viewed videos, Demon Slayer Cats, is muted because the song was copied. (laughs) And the song was from the anime. Yeah, the song was officially from the anime. Yeah. Wow. 15 Um, million views from three years ago. And the title is Demon Slayer Cats Fan Animation in brackets muted because copyright. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. So they, they saw it. And at some point, we're just like, we got to Yeah, The story this about thing. this is ridiculous, too. I can tell <laughs> really? you. Really? Okay. So, like, basically, I first released it, and it was fine. Well, okay. Let me rewind a little further. So, <laughs> we, we, finished, we finished the video internally. It was like, we, have, we had a small team of people. I think it was like three of us. And this is when my team was still, like, just, just growing. But, like, <clears throat> we finished the animation. And, like, this was heavily inspired by, like, one of the climactic scenes in the anime. And so, like, we were trying to recreate it in 3D, which is a pretty big feat to do. Because, like, yeah. we're just three people, you know, and this is UFO Table, like, one of the biggest anime studios in the world. So, like, we were just, like, trying to recreate the most climactic, most effects-heavy shots with just three people in Blender. Mm. Okay, okay. People. There we go. So, like, when, when, we, when we did it, we were, like, I was, like, really proud of what we were, like. We were, like, this, is, looks, this looks really good. Like, this looks really, really good. And I think, like... Uh, you know, our effects team did an amazing job. Like the animation was really good. Our rendering was great. Like we did a little bit of comp and it like started looking really like almost like identical to the original anime. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. We, we've accomplished something like really, really hard. Yeah. And like, I was proud of the team. So like, I, and when I finally came to upload it, the visuals got copyrighted 
because they thought it was from the episode. Because we we had, we had copied wow. it so well that the algorithm detected it as if it was actually from the show. But we didn't have a single no pixel from way. the original Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So like, I didn't know the algorithm yeah. would match something. Yeah. Because well, like, like, you see people like putting yeah. like a filter over it or flipping it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's enough to throw it off. But you made <laughs> yeah, an entire... Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. recreation and that wasn't yeah enough. that's why it wasn't enough it's not original enough for them but if i flip it it's fine yeah no it was this crazy moment of just like i think we did too good of a job <laughs> and like wow i i what i had to do is i it, there's a certain amount of limit of like if it's um like a certain number of seconds in a row where it's the same then like it'll detect it if it's like less or whatever it'll like not be sure anymore so like there was a certain thing where i like one of the scenes i like changed the camera angle a little bit and then like it didn't detect it anymore so i was like okay we're good so like interesting okay we we dodged the algorithm that was fine and like obviously like in my head i was like i don't really care if this because ad revenue isn't really that much anyway so it's like for me i was like if it gets claimed it gets claimed i just want you know like essentially like whatever I I can get is like fine, right? From, from mm. an ad perspective, so I was like, okay, so if we just as long as it's not claimed at the beginning, because we did work on this, like it is original, it's just like the song, but like whatever we can get at the beginning is fair enough, and like if it gets claimed later, it's fine. So I took that risk and I just like put it out there. We dodged the algorithm, that's good enough. So I let it out into the wild. It did really really well, obviously it got like a million views in like five days or something. And wow. so then <clears throat> what ended up happening was like that was good for like a month or two. So a month or two out, it's at like 5 million, I don't know, 10 million, something like that. It's like, it's getting up there. And like, at some point I was, I get a copyright claim. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but that's fine. I expected that. Like, it's whatever. Actually, it might've been like, even like six months out or something, like maybe a year. It was like, I can't remember anymore. It's like, this is like five years ago. Okay. Basically I get the copyright claim and I'm like, that's fine. All they, all they said was like, we're just going to collect the ad revenue, but you can keep your video up. And I was like, fair, whatever. Like, that's fair. So, I mean, it sucks, but it's, it's fair, whatever. Yeah, so, right, like, right. It, it sucks, suck. but, like, it's, <laughs> but, like, I, but I sort of expected it. So I was like, okay, whatever. So then um, I just left it up and like, it just, I wasn't collecting any money off of it. And um, it was like that for like basically another year. And it was like, fine. And they already knew it was there because it was already picked up by like, usually like, if it's afterwards, it's usually by like a person, like they'll like claim it. Okay. And then like a year later, um, Someone tells me, "Hey, where did your video go? Where, where's your, where's your Demon Slayer Cats video?" I was like, "What do you mean? It's, it's where, 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 like it's there. It's on my channel. What do you mean?" Like, so I go, I go and check, and I can see it, but that's because I'm logged in, and then I realized uh-huh. that actually the the whole video had been taken down at some point. So like, I got I I I got around to like figuring out like where it went. Like it's just gone on my channel, and I saw that there was a copyright on it, and it was like this was like. Technically, it was like, oh, yeah, if you like you have a copyright like audio or whatever, and like we we have decided to take action to remove this video from YouTube. And this is at this point, I had 14 million views already. Right. So I'm just like, OK, that's not cool. Um, so <clears throat> I was like, OK, what, what can I do? And the only option really besides disputing it, which I didn't want to do, because like the last time I disputed it, they just said, no, it's ours. And they gave me the copyright. <laughs> OK. okay. That, whatever you didn't look at it this is original animation but whatever but then like uh i j- the only option was to mute the audio <clears throat> so you could remove the track <clears throat> excuse me so like i i had to mute the entire video just to put it back up and um i kept thinking like why would you do that because they they took it down 
But keep hmm. in mind, that video was making them money. <laughs> yeah, that's odd. So they took th- they took and down a video that aside was from money, the right? ad revenue, like also free advertising yeah. for the show. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a really. I mean, so it was like, why did they take it down and then like force me to mute it? And like, I realized it was because that was around the time that the movie was coming out, and I think they just went like, uh, like you know, uh, DefCon or whatever, just like nuke everything that's copyrighted yeah, on YouTube see. in case there's like movie leaks. And I just mm. got hit in the crossfire, and I just I I can't do anything about it. It's just what it is. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. So your most popular video muted. <laughs> yeah, that muted. sucks. I. I ended up re-uploading it like a couple years later with some original music and it's there, but it's just like, you know, it's a different video now. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. That is wild. Okay. Got yeah. It. That was a long story. Sorry about that. But No, no, no. That's, that's very interesting. I, I mean, I'm always curious yeah. to know, um, yeah, like how, how to make it feasibly work. And for animators, I've always just been curious, like, how do you make money through <laughs> YouTube? Because as you said... Yeah, a vlogger, like to yeah. an advertiser, like it's it's the same thing. It's like seconds being watched of a video before they get an advert. Mm-hmm. So to an advertiser, they're not going to pay more to put it in front of a animation. It's yeah. just it's just another piece. It's eyeballs on a screen. So it well, really it's, it's, doesn't favor yeah. certain art forms, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It and animation is really one of yeah. them. Mm. I think like uh, the the people I sort of really respect in this in this field right now is uh glitch productions they are a youtube channel right now <clears throat> they're funding like indie animations right now and they're doing a really good job trying to like like i guess like what's the word nurture animation on youtube because they have a channel called smg4 where they just make a lot of like <clears throat> just a lot of like short videos that are sort of like funny they cater kind of towards the younger audience and like they're really really fast to pump out and those videos get like five million views each and they post one wow. every three days and that's yeah. like incredible. I mean, from like a production logistics standpoint, like as a studio head now, I'm just like huge respect to, to, to get like that kind yeah, of output right. and have that kind of performance is incredible. So like, <clears throat> I don't really watch their videos. I don't really understand what goes into them, but like what they're doing right now is they're creating uh, a, basically something that can generate revenue with animation. And that's mm. like, that revenue is now being used to fund the more artistic endeavors that not only they're doing, but also other artists on the platform are doing. So like, I, I think they're, they're worth checking out. They have a, the glitch, the glitch productions channel is like where they put all their like original IPs and stuff. Um, and they've been doing that and doing a good job at it. I think ultimately, you know, especially as businessmen, they've been able to make it sustainable to the point where they've been also selling merchandise and doing all these things and getting sponsorships to help make that sustainable. One interesting thing about like the ad revenue thing is like, I think even in like traditional media, animation doesn't really do well with ads. Like generally, it doesn't make sense in like TVs either. Like if you have a TV commercial, you're not getting paid more if it's animation either, and it costs True. the same. So yeah, good like, point for the advertisers. So at the end of the day, what I think why is like what animation is typically used for in other industries as well is ultimately to sell merchandise i mean that's kind of a big thing um that's what a lot of cartoons were in the 90s really (laughs) they're just Mm. they're just toy commercials um but like that's where a lot of the i think the revenue comes from uh when you can have the freedom to make whatever characters you want you also have the freedom to create stronger branding and i think that's where a lot of the value from animation actually lies and i think glitch productions is starting to understand that really well as they're exploring these original ips so yeah i think um 
something to mm-hmm. something to look at when you when you want to take a look at like the uh potential of animation on youtube they're they're the ones i think like really gunning for that at the moment <clears throat> wow interesting yeah and they're, they're doing their own ip yes they're doing their own ip yeah and now i'm curious yeah. about that because i've always thought like um like i went to like lightbox expo and uh yeah, walking yeah. around the uh the stalls and stuff and there's the people that are selling you know their own ip right and it could you know, yeah sort of has to like survive on its own Oh yeah, uh, like has to be really, really good to kind of. And then there's people selling yeah. fan art, and obviously fan art yes. is like they're just relying on Disney, never, you know, saying stop yep. doing that. Um, exactly. But at the same time, people are more interested in that <clears throat> stuff because they they already understand the IP. Yeah. And and then you look at you know like Avatar, you know, was it James Cameron sold it for seventy billion? Like IP oh, yeah. is the value of the thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've always said like like. IP sounds like it'd be so fun, but so difficult to make profitable. It is. It is. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right about that. I've, cause I, I've, you know, for me, like my end goal is to create an original IP, you know, as a studio. Mm. Um, and I want to like have that kind of like control over a world, over a universe, as, like as an artist to be able to do that. But also from a business perspective, you have so many more opportunities to really support yourself because like mm. now yeah. you own everything. Like, because at the end of the day, with fan art, you just you don't you don't own anything, and like everything is sort of like in the hands of corporations of like whether or not you can actually continue to do this. Yes, um, yeah. And so that's and you, something and you that like for almost limit you have to limit yourself as well because if yeah. you got really big and you started hiring other animators and now you're yeah. selling you're still selling this merch by Disney, yeah. let's say, like eventually you're yeah. going to get so big that they'll no longer see it as like you know a David and Goliath like bad exactly. PR story, they'll just be like, well, yeah. this is now two big companies. Like, we'll just tell them to stop. Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, exactly. now you exactly. built yeah. up this you, huge thing and now you're screwed. So it's like, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah you, you're, you're limited to success. It's like, if you, it, honestly, just the way it is, it's like, if you're too successful, mm. they will either buy you or get you to stop, right? Like, they yeah. probably won't buy you. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll just say stop. Yeah, yeah. so they're just going to say stop. Or they'll just steal your idea and not pay you anyway. Like it doesn't matter, right? Like it's this like That's if you right. have like a really good product, for example, like yeah. just like, okay, we're just gonna take that idea and make it ourselves. Like yeah. they they have all the freedom, they have all the control. So like for me, making an, my own IP is something that I think like is really important as an artist, not only to be able to like explore that creatively, which I really want to do, right? Uh, but also to like make it more sustainable for um for the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's a uh making that work is and i'm sure so many artists and animators listening are like ask him that question you know like how how <laughs> what advice would you give to a young animator who wants to wants to do what you've done or create their own ip maybe not necessarily on youtube but like where should they start oh man i mean that is what a question advice a would you give <laughs> yeah what would i tell myself 10 years ago yeah um I think what's interesting about it is like I've I've sort of like I've had such an interesting journey. I mean just sort of explaining the like what I've done on YouTube is even like hard to explain. So like when it comes to like giving people a direct path, it's like that's very difficult because it's just such mm. a culmination of things for me to like have arrived where I am now. I think I do recommend doing fan art at the beginning. Like that's a hundred percent. Really? Like, something okay. that I think well for a couple of reasons. First of all, you get a lot of practice in. Um, mm. you can do practice, you can, you can practice stuff that can also give you good feedback because you get a lot of eyes on it. 
So mm, for example, true. like if if I did like an original piece, but like, you know, I wanted to know it, did people think it like, you know, did they think did they like the fight animation? Did they like the directing? Was the voice acting weird? Like I can make an original piece and then like nobody watches it. And I get like maybe ten people. And then like maybe I get like five comments that are like, good. And it's like, okay, that didn't really tell me much. But like if you can do a piece of fan art in the same style, you can actually get like even at the beginning, like even if I was like doing really poorly and like just kind of making a random thing, you could still get ten thousand, a hundred thousand views. And like you can get comments that tell you, Hey, I really like this part about it. I really mm. like this part about it. Yeah. Or maybe this part wasn't so good. And then like, you know, you can actually learn a lot from that, getting that sort of feedback loop of like not just what the comments say, but also how well the video does, right? So it's like you can understand what makes a good video as you start building up that sort of repertoire because there's an existing audience for it. And uh, for me, like my sort of strategy has always been to make fan art specifically to build a name uh, for my style of animation. Like my my own style as an artist is, uh, you know, being basically founded by, you know, the shoulders of giants, right? Like I'm making other people's properties look good and that makes me look good, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so as I start building my name, then the answer is like, when you ultimately wanna create an original IP, what you need for that IP and for any video is an existing audience. And that existing mm -hmm. audience is now the audience that you've built up who likes you for you. And so that's sort of been like my general strategy of like, I wanna make sure that people, when they watch my IP are watching it because it's, you know, something that I made or something like that, right? It's like, oh, that's something that's interesting to me, but also I trust this guy to do something good. And like, they get that mm. trust from from basically me handling with care the IPs that they've loved in the past, right? Or like, you know, doing a good job with like the fights or something with the characters that they love. And so mm. with that trust and building that trust with the audience, you can have an IP that I think later on will have a higher chance of success, a higher chance of sustainability, that kind of thing. But also, generally speaking, will make people happier. I think they'll be like, oh, this is like a promise that was kept years ago. <laughs> um, Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think I do recommend doing fan art for that reason. That's just my personal strategy. And I think it's work, generally speaking. Um, and you also get the advantage of like learning other people's styles and seeing which one you like the most. Mm. Um, like not just art styles, but directing styles. You know, like there's so much that goes into it. Um, and then from a revenue standpoint, you really got to think about money. Like that's the other thing. It's like a lot of artists just like to think about art and that's great. Art is good. Until you I need to art. pay the bills. But you got to pay the bills. And at the end of the day, it's like you can't see money as evil. I think that's one thing. It's like a lot of people think that money corrupts. And it's like it certainly money does enables. in some cases. Money enables. Yeah. I think ultimately if, if you pursue art without the intention of money, that's great. Just know that that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be a hobby and that's fine. And that also means you'll have limited time for it. Like at the end yeah. of the day, right? Like you can yeah. only do it at part time. For me, I am, I'm unhealthily addicted. I said I was healthily addicted. It's a lie. I'm unhealthily addicted to animation. So I personally <laughs> really, really like it. I really enjoy doing it. So I'm just like, I, my, my ideal vacation is just animating for 12 hours. Right. Wow. So like, <laughs> interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a weird guy. What can I say? So I, I really enjoy like just, telling stories like I, I will like storyboard you know stuff like when I'm bored that kind of thing is like what I enjoy doing so for me getting another job is like oh god no I don't want to do that no way mm. so what I do is I, I focus specifically on like well how like what is the goal here right the goal is to just do what I love all the time mm. and mm. the only way to do that is to make money 
And so like everything that informs my decisions is sort of like, how does this help me continue doing what I do? Yeah. Um, Because if I do something that hinders me from doing it more, then I'm I'm not spending my time in the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that artists should think about a bit more. Um, It's not something that they should reprimand themselves for. Like ultimately you should just do what you feel like you want to do. Like always do something that you enjoy. Don't like sell yourself to the devil or whatever and like do something that only makes money because that's that's also dangerous. But like find that overlap, find that overlap of like, this is something I really enjoy and here's how I can make money off of it. Like that's, that's the, that's the way you have to think about it. I think people think about it too much and like the idea of if you involve money at all, you'll forget what you really love. And I think that's just, it's ultimately just a prioritization thing, but you got to like think about it in your head actively and be like, no, I can't sacrifice that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think also that's just like not a professional mindset. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not sustainable emotionally, right? Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's right. And so, the, as you said, like you know, to to do animation twelve hours a day, like if you didn't, if you weren't getting paid, if you hadn't figured out how to monetize it yet and obtain that evil, greedy thing called mm-hmm. money, then you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to. You'd you'd do it in your spare time whilst working yeah. at McDonald's during the day. In which case, yeah. like the end of your life, how many how great you are as an animator will depend on how many hours you actually got to spend doing the thing. So therefore, yes. monetizing it means you will become a better animator because you'll have more time to spend on it. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it gives you more time. Now, that being said, like, I think uh, what I would also say to as a piece of advice is like, don't be too hasty to quit your full time job. Because that's another mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Like, yeah. generally speaking, that's a thing for most like entrepreneurs, like, uh, especially YouTubers, like it's very dangerous to just assume that your YouTube's going to be successful because you dream big. I think like, uh, for me, I took a calculated risk to leave Rooster Teeth and work on my own channel, but I already, I already had a successful channel. Like I already mm-hmm. had experience making animations that did well on YouTube. And like, I had a general idea of what a business strategy would be like, um, based on past experience, not just on speculation. So like mm. that was a very calculated risk. And I think it's important that it is a calculated risk and not just like a, oh, I got to do it. Cause like, you know, the YouTubers that like the motivational YouTubers said that you should grind hard and all these mm. things. It's like, that's not, that's not what you want to do. You want to think about it, right? Think mm. about what, what you want to do and practice in your free time first. Yes. Um, so, yeah. the, so that's another thing. Like there's, really, a, there's a book really, actually, I think originals by Adam Grant talks about that myth that people have of entrepreneurs that they're very good at risk-taking and he kind of proves that it's like it's actually the opposite most successful business people i figured that risk mitigation so like even i think even steve jobs steve wozniak they they had a job whilst they were building apple even right yeah um and it's very common and like uh, steve uh, richard branson like he didn't even start virgin airlines until he could get a mm. deal with the airline uh sorry the air right cool airplane airplane providers whereby right. he could give yeah. the planes back if it didn't work out so like wow it's yeah like taking a big risk and just like quitting it like even i, I started blender guru i was like breaking brick during the day like as a manual laborer yeah. and wow. it was only yeah like i was still I, I was a debt collector whilst i was selling my first product wow yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. and then crazy. I eventually like sold my first product, and then in like the first day, made more than what I would make in a year. And then oh, I was, but yeah. that was because I had like a huge build up to this launch, and you know. But Fair. then because of that, like just went to the went to work the next day, and then said I quit, and that was it. That's the last job I ever wow. had. 
Um, but That's I had cool. basically, I was running Blendigoo for like a year, two years before selling my first product in my evenings, making tutorials. Then finally, once I had enough money to quit, then I quit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's a very important exactly. lesson. Like, don't, yeah, don't quit because like yeah, yeah. You also don't yeah. know the odds of like success. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's it. You got to work hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what I think what you really need before you quit is the experience of like what will work. Like you have yeah. to be like, oh, this does work. I think like um, I think Pierrick had a very interesting like similar like experiences you like when he first sold his like a live course i think which did really really well mm. and like he was like yeah that just made more than what he was getting paid at his job and he sort of like reconsidered like his time allocation it's like yeah that's that's good because like once you get that experience of like oh wait actually i, I can do this more if i just mm. do it more it's like oh mm. that's interesting and like that's that's the that's the point that's really hard to get to like once you like to get that to that realization of like oh i can do this more if i do it more like mm -hmm. that's like a mm -hmm. most people can't get to that point because most most things cost more than you get out of it at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I think it's interesting because when it talks when they talk about good at taking risk, it's like yeah, like they avoid any risk they don't have to take, mm -hmm. and I think like that's yeah. the real thing. They do take risks. Like there's there is like risks that are calculated, but like yeah, if you don't, if there's no reason to do it, then like you don't do it. You don't um, need to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I should. Oh, sorry. I'm just, there's one more thing about the time management yeah, yeah. thing. Because when you are doing a full-time job, how do you practice? Right? Because mm. that's a question I get a lot, actually. So a lot of amateurs who are trying to like get into the professional like YouTube stuff or like professional animation stuff, they're like, I get home from work and I'm exhausted. And like, I just can't work on animation. It's just too, it's too mentally taxing for me. So I feel like I have to quit in order to like work on animation mm -hmm. and like i think i can understand that because it's like it feels like you're trapped right like you can never get started because like you just don't have the energy yeah and i think a couple things that i would say for that and I've, I've said this before and i'll say it here too like most likely if you feel like you don't have energy to work on your projects when you get home it's not because you don't have energy it's because your projects are too big um that's true actually yeah yeah that's yeah. very good yeah mm-hmm yeah, it's it can it can feel like you don't have time when you tell yourself you have to make a whole video in like mm -hmm. two three days, right? But like that's why. So what I what I typically tell people because this is what I did when I started too. It's like uh, project based learning is very 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 powerful. So mm. what you do is you want to set a finish date for like a finished state I should say of like whatever it is you're working on to be like okay that's done and then I'll move on to the next thing. And like how far out that finish line is determines how big that project is, right? So if it's like a, if it's like a common problem I've seen is like a lot of amateurs, like their first project will be like, I'm going to make a 26 episode anime. And it's like, okay, <laughs> good. I, I haven't even done that. <laughs> like, I don't even, I can't do that right now. That's too much. Yeah. But like a lot yeah. of people are like, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I understand that because like, that's, that's when you start, that's where you start, right? Like that's where your, your starry eyes like look first. And that's good. It's good. It's good to dream big. But like what I tell people is like if you if you want to make it to that point, like break it up into very, very, very small chunks. Like first mm. things first, do you have modeling experience? If you don't have modeling experience, maybe try to model a simple object that like maybe is relevant to the original IP that you're developing. But just like just focus on that and just pretend like that's the only task you have to do. Just model this like thing. So when I first started, I actually I think the first thing I did was I modeled chess pieces. 
that was like a really simple object. That was like chess, but you just make a pawn, you know, you make mm-hmm. like a queen. And like, it's like, you just extrude stuff, right? Like nowadays I'd be like, yeah, that's easy. But when I was first learning, I was like, I don't know, I have no idea how to do that. So I just set myself just to make chess pieces. And I did that in like a day or two and I figured that out. Learned modeling, learned sculpting, the basic tools for that navigation. And like, that was, like I, I had the energy to do that. It wasn't very difficult to do. And as soon as it's done, you you replenish your energy because that's a that's a dopamine rush. You're like, oh, I did it. And then you have the energy to do the next one. So like when you do these small, small chunks, um, it's a lot easier to manage your time. And I think like that obviously like how big these chunks are depends on how much time you have. Like you should gauge that yourself. Some people only have time just to like do like a tiny, tiny thing. And that's fine. That's totally okay. Uh, as long as you get a little bit done, I think you can build your energy back up over time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just my personal philosophy. I think like when people ask me that and it seems like a cash 22, I think it's it's more about like understanding what the real problem is and not so much uh, having to quit or not to quit. Like that's, that's a different yeah. question. Pro tip for artists, learn how to use your time efficiently. If you are spending time making a shader that you've already built a hundred times before, that is time not spent somewhere else more important. Polygon solves this by giving you access to over 5,000 assets which are plug and play. Shaders, models, and HDRIs that are created to a reliable, consistent standard so you don't have to waste any time fixing them. And with our new Blender add-on, you can search, download, and import assets directly into your scene from your sidebar, meaning you can keep your focus where it needs to be, which is making good art. You can try 100 assets for free by clicking the link in the description or by going to Polygon, P-O-L-I-I-G-O-N.com and signing up for a free account. I've heard someone else explain like, um, I think it was for like game development that like one of the best exercises you can do is like, like, oh, you want to be like a game developer? Like try to make a game in one day. You only have a day, right? Oh boy. But then your next project is you make a game in two days. And then the next project is four days, a week, two weeks, a month. Yeah. And in doing so, you learn like the bare essentials and like how much work it actually is involved. Because more, you know, likely you're probably that first day not even going to finish <laughs> and oh, then yeah. you but oh, yeah. the next day you'll be better at understanding what you can actually accomplish within that time and what your skills are at and then you know you can sort of extrapolate there but then in doing so you don't have the you know the mistake that most game developers have of like i'm gonna make a call of duty you know first yeah. person shooter by myself yeah. uh because it's just battle royale yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, that that's another tip, but yeah, that's a very good point. Like like seeing progress is like a it, it's a real motivational boost to get stuff out yes. there. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you're totally right. A lot of people, I think, are just demotivated because, or the other the other one is just like perfectionism. Like yes. I'm, it's not good enough to release yet. Like some people yeah. would just spend like months on like a single image of like a render yeah. that they're going to put on ArtStation or something, and it's like. Dude, like you feel burned out. You feel like you're demotivated. It's like, just like lower this expectation that you've got. Like have fun with it. Tell yourself you're going to do one per week, you know, for this year. And it doesn't matter if it looks shit then because you set this goal, you know, of doing it in a week. So like, you know, I I think there's a lot you can do. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's really interesting about that is like, well, like, cause people in that mindset would probably find it pretty difficult to like override that mentality. Cause it's sort of like mm. baked into the, like their decision-making of like, well, there's so much to lose if I post it now, but there's so much to gain if I just never do. Right. Cause like, mm, I'll just like mm. keep working on it and eventually be better. But like that day of course never comes, but they don't think about that. So like, I think the biggest thing is like, how do you actually get out of that loop? Um, how do you convince yourself to be okay with imperfection? Like, that's a big question. Mm, and I'm sure a lot mm. of people listening are probably thinking of that. They're like, I, I am a perfectionist, but I don't know what to do about it. Mm. Um, I think there's a couple things. Like for me, I used to be a perfectionist. So I can kind of talk about it. Um, I, like as a kid, would throw away drawings if they had like the singles, like the singlest, smallest mistake. I'd be like, okay. all right, this is, I don't just crumple it up. I'd throw it away. And like, like my mom would always be like, you're, 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 you're stupid. Like, what are you, what are you doing? That's a great drawing. Right. And I'll be like, no, it's, it's terrible. It sucks. And like, you know, something like, because of that, I, you know, would have that problem with a lot of things. Like generally speaking with my art, I'd be like very picky about it. And then it wasn't until this is, this is Monty again. Monty said something in one of his interviews a long time ago that I really, like, it really stuck with me. Um, and he always said, a finished product is always better than no sorry yeah a finished a finished video is always better than a perfect video that was never released like, mm. always yes so yeah. like doesn't matter if it's perfect it matters if it's done like mm -hmm. if it's posted like that's what matters and so like getting to that point of just finishing it not if it's perfect but just finishing it is like that's that's the goal not the perf not the perfection and like framing it that way made me realize like oh yeah wait that's that's true and so i started being able to like reframe it that way now that's a little different than just like actually hacking the mind that's just me sort of thinking about it so then like the other question is like well if you're already stuck in that mindset like yeah finishing is more important but like how do you really convince yourself to do that and i think mm. like for for example like the example of if someone is working on a single image for a couple months how would they convince themselves to post it tomorrow and i think what you said is interesting because the goals make sense if you have a goal like a week to do it then then once you reach that week end, there's there's something in your head that tells you if I if I betray my original goal, that's bad. Mm. So I will have to post it, right? So yes. there's a cost now. There's a cost to not posting it. Yes, and that's yep. the thing that drives you to actually post it. In my opinion, yes, commitment, um, and yep. that exactly, yeah. So what you do is you 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 make it so that you have something to lose if you take too long, and that's mm. something that is in the re is in the real world everywhere so it's like once you start doing it professionally that becomes a thing like money is a thing resources time you can't take too long for any project because that won't be sustainable so mm. like that's something that you do need to practice as an artist if you want to get into the industry like you have to understand there's cost to taking too long there's cost to chasing perfection and once you understand that then it becomes a lot easier to make that decision of like okay mm -hmm. it's good enough um but without that at all you just keep going there's just like there's no there's no reason to stop you just there's so much I more know. cost to posting it because of the anxiety. Like, oh, it's not perfect. It won't be good. So there's cost to post, but there's no cost to not post. And so you just stay. Yeah, stay that's right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I so mentioned I it in my, in, in my talk on like the habits of artists that like, um, yeah, yeah. Lo loss aversion is a powerful motivator. Like you, you don't want to lose something. And so one yes. of the best things you can do to motivate yourself is to put something that you will lose if you don't complete your goal. So Mine was literally, yeah. I, I put a money stake on it. So you put like, oh, you take like like 1% yeah. of your income and then you yeah. you say, I'm going to give that to someone uh, I don't particularly like <laughs> or a charity <laughs> that I don't support. 
right? Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like this works. So in my case, wow. I got a cousin who's just like, yeah, he's, he's just my cousin. I'm like, all right, dude, yeah. here, if I don't do this, I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars. And he's wow. like, what do I have to do? I'm like, literally nothing. <laughs> you just have to hope that I fail. And he's like, all right, yeah. I'm in. That's, good. <laughs> so, That's a good deal. Yeah, and, and yeah. in my case, as I mentioned in the, the, the presentation, it was like I had to get a thousand likes on ArtStation for 2D related art because I always wanted to like yeah. learn 2D. Um, yeah. And in doing so, like if I didn't have that, there's no way I would have like done it. Right. The amount yeah. of like stress <laughs> that that gave yeah. me because I had announced it as well, like to everyone. So it was like, oh, oh shit, like if yeah. I don't do this, you know. Yes. So um, it did eventually work out like a couple of weeks before I did it like one of my pieces finally got enough that I, it tipped wow. me over the total thousand you know but it was it was it was so much work but um but yeah, yeah. like saying you're going to do something as well announcing it to yes. others you know also that that now makes you look bad if you don't do it so that I, I mean I, I i've been saying it for years but like i haven't seen any artist actually do it but <laughs> <laughs> one of the best ways Maybe, to learn yeah. is, to, is to make an announcement i'm going to make one artwork per week for the rest of the year and i haven't seen anybody yeah. actually do it but like if you really want to improve you're really serious do it doesn't matter if you've got a full-time job or you're a student yeah you can do it in your evenings like just you finish could. one per week for the whole year you'll have 52 that, artworks by the end and it'd be yeah, insane doesn't doesn't uh doesn't like people do like once a day or something he does one a day yeah oh, which i actually i i've recommended people in the past not to follow that because ah, yeah. the amount of work like 3d typically takes there's not a lot you can really do in a day so yeah, if you did yeah. do one a day without using from like just huge amounts of like kit bashed assets asset libraries yeah yeah yeah. or exactly. restricting yourself on what you can actually do right because yeah. like if you yeah. if you don't know substance painter there's not enough time in one day to learn substance painter to paint something that you need to put in that render <laughs> yeah, so that's very true you'll end up yeah. just like only sticking to what you know so I think I think per day it's just too short of a time frame, but but That's yeah. Fair. Anyway, <laughs> I, th I I think it's I think it's true. I think people should set goals for themselves, and I think like having like something that is a, an obvious finish line, like this is where this is the point where you're done, and this is the point where you post it is is really good. Um, yeah, like I it's interesting you say that because I, I figured I'd, I'd bring this up because like when you mentioned like telling people uh, publicly that you're going to do something. Mm. I've, interestingly enough, I've I've heard the opposite, and this is not is for a totally different reason. But I, like I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have talked about like if you if you talk about what you're doing, you're less likely to do it because you have this dopamine rush that people say like, oh, that's a really cool idea, and then like you you're already satisfied. You don't have the motivation to finish the job. Yeah, you and, get all this congratulations from people yeah. like that's a great mission, like yeah, great New Year's resolution, yeah. and then you feel like yeah, yeah. you've accomplished it, but you haven't done shit. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So yeah. there's a balance there. It's like, yeah, how do you how do you how do you figure out like, yes, you announce it, but also like you don't make it a big deal. Like people don't like congrat like don't like reward you for that and that kind of thing. It's sort of like you do it for yourself. At the end of the day, that's something that like has to be balanced in a way that like doesn't feel too like I guess like counterproductive or, or counter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I know what you mean. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I personally don't have that. Like if I say I'm going to do yeah. something, it's like, oh shit! I feel like I'm carrying this like heavy <laughs> backpack for the rest of it until I finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
but yeah, I, I know what you mean. No, I it's interesting because I, I definitely feel that way too. But I've also seen people just suffer from that a lot. Like, mm. um, like for me personally, like I, I will definitely feel that pressure, especially because I have like a, a channel and a brand that I need to like continue to foster. Right. That's a big thing. But mm. like there's people who like, like I know a couple of friends who are like, you know, yeah, like I'm going to I'm going to be like a streamer or like I'm going to be like uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do this like a million times and like practice this thing a million times. And it's like. And people are like, dude, that's going to be so great. Like, you're going to be so good and like all these things. And then like, you know, it just doesn't work out. Or like, I'm going to start this business or whatever. And it's like, okay, great. But like, it may not work out. And like, and that yeah. ultimately comes down to sort of like a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I've noticed like their motivation kind of drops a little bit. And like all these things kind of happen because like things are just not, you know, mm. motivating them as much anymore. And I have yeah. a feeling it has a lot to do with that sort of like disconnect between like the initial response and like what people think about it, you know, a month later or whatever. And it's like, mm. yeah, I really, I really liked it when I said I was going to do it, but not when I, when I actually started doing it. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be, yeah. Just aware of like cheap, uh, cheap signals that could be exactly making yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel good, but it's nothing. Yeah. You have to ignore that's, it. That, oh man. That's, that's another thing too. It's like, I feel like one thing that, uh, if you want to be an artist, or if you want to be a YouTuber also, just anything that where you put yourself out there, it's very important to try not to let the external opinions get to you. Because mm. there's a lot of people with positive and negative opinions of, of your stuff that will, you know, if you let it get to you, it could be very negative for your mental health. Um, mm. A lot of YouTubers talk about like the anxieties and stuff that they face because it's like, oh, this guy, like a bunch of mean comments said something and that's bad. There's a lot of positive comments too, but like, yeah, all the mean ones kind of outweigh that or like all these things. And it's really difficult to sort of judge it because ultimately they sort of define who they are based on what the comments say or like, you know, what, mm. what someone on the internet said. And I think it's very, very easy to fall into that trap. It's not there. It's not anyone's fault to do that because that's just how we are as humans. But I will say like, if, you know, going into that, like, just be prepared to like, be ready to define yourself separate from what people think about your work. Cause like, mm. that's going to be very important to keep in mind. Like, you're not defined by your work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you are who you are. So yeah, I, I think at a certain also. point, like checking the comments for like fifteenth <laughs> time, like yeah. I don't know. It's 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 like sniffing your own farts. It's like you're just coming back <laughs> for like a dopamine rush. It's like just let it go. Yeah. Like at yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. point, stop checking how many likes, how many views, yeah. or whatever something yeah. has. Find yeah. like work on your next thing. You like. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I've, I've heard. So what's interesting is like I've, I've heard a lot about um, streamers. So like big mm. streamers, they just have you know live content, so they don't have a whole lot of like you know big projects or anything all the time. But mm. their numbers are just everything to them because like what's their concurrent viewership? What's their current subscriber count? What's their follower count? Mm. These numbers have to be there every day for them to continue to be successful, and so they're constantly sort of like judging themselves based on whether or not they're performing well, because it's like oh like. Yesterday I got this like ten thousand viewers. Today I only got five thousand viewers. I'm falling off. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die mm. in the next year. And like, then I'm it's a spiral because you look, de negative look depressed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's like it just you can't do it anymore. So like it's interesting that like in that that's a lot more cutthroat in terms of like these analytics and stuff. But like I think in even in that environment, like there's people that just recommend turn off your numbers. Like mm. especially when you're streaming, like just you don't look at your views. Don't look at like anything but the chat just like talk to chat like that's it focus mm. on your job don't worry about the, the numbers because at yeah, the end of the right. day it it only matters enough here, here's here's something i would say it's like the numbers only matter 
to inform you what you should like what direction you want to go exactly. not to inform you of how yeah. good you are like yeah. that's the biggest thing yeah yeah so yeah like if you're using the numbers to like like i don't know if you've heard like interviews with mr beast but very smart yeah creator and he oh, will yeah. test everything so if you're yeah. using numbers to test like this intro versus this intro or this yeah. style of presentation versus this style and then you're reading the feedback that's very valid feedback but yeah if you're yeah. basing your identity on how you're currently performing it's a recipe for disaster it is absolutely yeah yeah so anyway. yeah this is a long long answer to a question really, really yeah yeah no, i can't remember what the question is it's, it, it, it's good though. <laughs> it's like yeah yeah it's good i mean i think the question was basically like what would i recommend people to do if they wanted to like start their own ip oh yeah yeah that was like an hour ago (laughs) 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 it's a very very loaded question but okay i have a follow-up question to that actually what do you think because so many people start their own ips their own books their own comics their own anything yeah and it's so sad to see like i've never heard of it I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, like what's the story, you yeah. know, what do you think yeah. is the difference between an IP that like pops off and gets like mainstream appeal versus one that just no one reads? That is a very good question. There's a lot of elements, obviously, like when it comes to the business side of marketing, like Netflix themselves, will just sort of like take aspects of popular things and just sort of melt them together. <laughs> so uh-huh, like, that'll uh-huh. do well. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, uh, on the other hand, it's like if, other than the formulaic strategy of doing that, I would say like generally speaking, IPs do well when they speak to people. Stories do well when they speak to people. Like Toy Story was a really good, really good movie and a really good story because every kid could relate to it, right? Like every mm. kid was like, "My toys, my toys." I I imagine them doing that too. Yeah, right? yeah they're always like, moving. Oh, it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like what it's doing specifically. What like what I think generally what like really good IPs and good stories do is they are able to speak directly to a large group of people, which is difficult because like the more specific you get, the smaller the group gets, right? So it's sort of like, how do you speak directly to someone who's also everywhere, right? It's like, how do you speak Mm. to someone who's like, so like, like so specific to them, but also everybody can relate. Um, Mm. That's a really hard thing to describe, but I, I would say that's probably it. And like, this is just my own theory crafting at the end of the day. But like, I think if you look at the, like all the big successful IPs, generally speaking, it's like, you know, you, you feel good because you're like, you know, the superhero movies are good because people are like, I wish I was a superhero. Like that's generally speaking why people watch superhero movies. It's like, I wish superheroes were real. I wish I was a superhero. I want to see superheroes succeed because like, that's kind of like the, the general feeling of like, mm. yeah, that's the world can use a hero, right? It's like, that's, that's what we want. So it speaks to a lot of people. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. And because there's other, so many other elements of like, oh, is it like a male protagonist? Is it the female protagonist? Does it have good visuals? Like all these things, I think, are secondary to mm, like the story. Can you touch people's, can you touch people's hearts? Right. That's ultimately yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's such a hairy, like it's such oh, a yeah. nobody wants that answer. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But it's exactly. so true. Like, because yeah. I, I was thinking, like, like concept is a big part. Like I've read books. Yeah that have just like an interesting comment, uh, like a concept, like, um, I, I don't know the name of the book, but there was one that I, I just remember had like a cool concept. It was like, if everyone in the world, um, could have this operation done where they didn't need to sleep anymore, but there was I'm like interested. a small percentage of the population 
that were resistant to it or they couldn't have the operation. Oh. So they had to live in this world where everybody else doesn't need sleep and they're all working oh, wow. like fucking like animals, you know, like 20 is, hours a day, oh just hard God. work. And they're trying to like maintain wow. a job, you know, with like oh, eight, no. eight coffees, like not getting oh, any God. sleep, you know. But like that's oh, an God. interesting concept, but you would need more, like that's to get them in the door, I think. Yeah. But then yeah, 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 you need sure. the really hard thing, which is like a compelling character that, yeah. as you said, reveals something about yourself that you didn't know uh, or hadn't yeah. thought of before. And that's that's really hard. <laughs> it's, re it's really hard. I mean, that is the hardest thing. Like, that's everyone's, like, that's every writer's goal at the end of the day, I think. But, like, the success rate is, you know, it's relatively low, you know, compared to how many writing pieces there are in the world. Um, yeah. So I would correct like, that with that, excessively low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's it's the I mean it's the same thing with like what makes a good YouTube video, right? It's like mm. it's 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 kind of the same, right? It's obviously a little different because you're not telling stories per se, but you're also speaking specifically to a target audience. Mm. Um, and like generally speaking, I think YouTube is a good sort of example because it's like the YouTubers that do well, like the channels that do well, they do well because they're very very good at targeting their particular audience. Like they mm -hmm. speak to that audience very well. And I think like that's something that is really powerful, just generally speaking for um, being successful in, in any kind of business. Because it's the same thing with products too. It's like, mm. how good is your 3D printer? It's like, well, it's only as good as 3D printer enthusiasts think it is, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like, it's all it's all about like, how well do you cater to that particular audience? And if you do it well, then like you can be very successful in a niche market. So I would say, generally speaking, that's probably the case. But mm. that's just the theory. So <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also like solving a, a key problem. Um, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. YouTube, there's so many different ways you can go. There's the entertainment. Yeah. There's curiosity. Yeah. There's education. Yeah. There's uh, how tos. There's you know all all sorts of different directions. And it's um yep yeah it's uh it's it's solving a problem. And and there are some that is uh. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking the other day, like Jackass, like they must have like woken up one day and gone like, <laughs> why, why did we, why did we trade like sacrifice, self-sacrifice for entertainment? Like everywhere Steve-O got, like he wants to be a comedian, but like every, every yeah. time he's on stage, people are like jump into the crowd, like smash oh, this God. bottle on you. And he must be just like, oh fuck, why did I agree to do this? Like, this I know, life, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's yeah, anyways. Tough. Side, side well, point. No, yeah, no, yeah. That's a good point. Well, because like solving a problem is, is is solving a problem for somebody, somebody yeah. in the in that particular audience, and so like that, they're like, that's exactly what I needed. And once you get that, it's like I think it's it's the same for stories because you're solving mm. a problem in someone's own heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Reaching yeah, someone yeah. specifically. Yeah. It's, it's 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 very abstract. So yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's what I would say. Yeah. It's uh. It sounds like a very, very, very risky endeavor creating your own IP. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Tell me yep, about the cost. Like, correct. how much does it cost yeah. for, say, like 10 seconds of animation for a studio of your site, oh, indie man. studio? I think, like, per minute is probably easier to estimate. Okay. Um, it's like per minute at the moment. And we're, we're obviously working on driving down costs as well. Um, by like making things more efficient. But I think like right now per minute is like 
five to ten k. Five to ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. basically, on- for a four minute, like I'm just looking on your channel, like yeah, the uh, y- Yilan and Daya steal a car from Genshi Impact. That is yeah. five minutes long. So we're looking at potentially like twenty five to fifty k to make that. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's something and that's that's with a talented crew who like has already learned all these skill sets, right? Like Right. Yeah, they've got a pipeline in um, place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is that I, I'm actually curious like you cuz you do these sponsored videos, you're obviously yeah. making a profit off of that. So they're paying you more than what it costs. Yes, yes. In, hopefully. in, this, in this particular case. Yeah, hopefully, right? Like that depends on if we go over budget to be fair. Uh, yeah. But like at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, like um that's that's the goal right so like sponsors they help provide funding for the studio by like you know funding the actual cost of the project and ideally more so we can actually do some other stuff so like that's that is the goal for sponsored stuff absolutely um and that's how things get a bit more sustainable over time Mm, um got it but yeah we have a couple other revenue streams too so it's like at the end of the day it's like that's just one of the things right Uh, and what what merch is your is that your, your biggest your second biggest it is it varies i think right now because we have we have have a course um we also have uh add-ons uh we also have uh the patreon and Mm. so like the the course does pretty well generally speaking it's been doing pretty well for i think three years now what Um, shout out your course where can people find it yeah you can find it at bloopanimation.com slash what spell that bloop bloop b-l-o-o-p okay animation it's a third party um, oh, dot com loop slash animation. Dylan Goo. Yeah. Forward slash Dylan Goo. I'm just going to... Sorry, keep talking. I'm pulling it up. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so that course is an animation course, and it goes over specifically how to use animation in Blender. So, like, all the tools and stuff, um, I go over sort of, like, how be- how beginners and also, like, other advanced users who are from other software can actually use Blender's tools for animation uh, and get started in learning their own sort of animation career. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I also provide a bunch of assets. So I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is like, we are able to provide a really nice rig of Abby. She's a, a cat girl character from our Cyberkatsu short. And you can actually animate her uh, as well as a couple of props, including like a motorcycle and a knife that all come pre-rigged and it's like pre-shaded and everything looks really wow. nice. Um, that's that's something I never had when I was animating. Like I didn't, I didn't have like a professional rig that I could really try out. So I'm, I think that's a pretty cool thing that uh, people have been really enjoying. Um, I've seen a lot of people's posts on Twitter and stuff, like where they post their animation tests with her, and that's been really cool to see. So that's if you guys awesome. make any, make sure to tag me on Twitter. I'll, I'll So is because actually um, this was another question I had, which was like, what resources yeah. would you suggest to beginner animators? Yeah. So is this a course for yeah. complete beginners? It's absolutely accessible to beginners. Um, hmm. It's uh, it, it goes over everything from navigation and stuff too uh, for Blender. Um, I also recommend in the course and also right now the Blender Fundamental series because I've made those too. So that's actually just like on the Blender channel, but like you'll recognize oh. my voice. So, you know, it's the same teacher as the course. So that's nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I Blender didn't Fundamental know that. series. Just, Wait, you did that? Yeah, yeah. The 2.8 yeah, Fundamentals. 2.8. Yeah, that's. You one. did that whole series. I did the whole series, yeah. Oh, my God. So, I, I mean, because I've seen a couple of the videos, and I just didn't recognize yeah, the yeah. voice. Yeah, That's yeah, insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, there you go. It was a lot of fun. Was that um, like a, was, like, I, did they pay you for that, or was it just like for fun? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. No, they, wow. they, they did pay me for it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they they wanted some like uh, you know very sort of agnostic like you know to the point encyclopedic type of videos for Blender, and I was mm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. They're, they I think I did like a couple tutorials in the past, and they're like, oh yeah, we kind of like your like you know very to the point approach of explaining things. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll I'll do that. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny. I think um, Alan, uh, Captain. The captain, the captain. Uh huh. Um, yep. He and I were talking about it, and uh, he was. I was like, "Yeah, I did the one from." He's like, "Dude, I watch those like every other week when I'm like going back to like uh, like character rigging because I keep forgetting oh, how to do true. it." <laughs> wow. I was like, "Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're liking them. They're they're a nice like bite sized like focused sort of like video that just sort of like goes over the basics. So, um, I like to recommend that for people who are just like trying to like learn like." the tools like oh i just want to know how to like move this thing it's like okay we'll just watch that yeah 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 interesting or my donut how dare you intrude on my (laughs) yeah yeah and the donut oh i always recommend (laughs) of course obviously just before this this recording i was recording a new donut (gasps) is it version 4 no it's well yeah it's for 3.4.1 or something like it's it's yeah 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 there's no real reason to do it other than I wasn't really happy with the previous one. So I'm like, eh, fair, I could fair, just fair. make it make it better. So just <laughs> doing redoing the oh, whole yeah. shebang and just like now I'm in it. I'm I mean, like, oh God, I forgot how much work this is. This is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of work. I mean, the course was also a lot of work. Like mm. I, I just remember making it and I was like, man, there's like, I think it's like um, 40 videos, I think in that course. Damn. It's like, man, that, that's a lot of stuff I got to do. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I have thought about making another one because uh, a lot of people have been asking right. me about a couple other things. Um, one thing that we're kind of interested in is uh, a choreography course. So that's actually specifically for fight animations because a lot of people ask us about that. Um, so mm. maybe people are interested. You know, they can voice that opinion to me directly. Yeah, very nice. Know. <laughs> okay yeah. so so but, going back um, to the revenue yeah. so uh yeah you've yeah, got yeah. the course uh yes. do you make money from the goo engine we haven't talked about that but is that free or yeah yeah so that's a that's a good question so the goo engine is open source so it's not like a paid product you can technically build it yourself it's it's on github but we do have a patreon where we like we offer the build for convenience and we also have people supporting us just because they want to um mm. where they can support further development because the biggest thing for goo engine is that like we actively update it with Blender native. Uh, so not a lot of forks do that. So a lot of forks will just sort of like fork off and they'll be like, okay, now we're going to just be our own version of Blender and we'll never update yeah, it. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's, it's a lot of work to actually get the new compatibilities. Because like Blender, the, like, mm. the Blender team, the development team will, will change a lot of things like in the fundamentals of how like Blender's like calculations work or something that might break stuff. And like you'll have to like go back and like fix things in order to update it. And it's like, it's a bit of a pain, but we do it because we use it for production. And I think that's the biggest thing that like we offer, which is that like Goo Engine will be up to date because mm. it's something that we use every day. Um, and so we actually that's take interesting. the time to actually, yeah. Update it. it yeah. Because I was going to say like yeah. every time I hear of a fork, I'm like, I don't want to use a version of Blender that's like five years old because yeah, it hasn't been updated, exactly. you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's been really nice because like... Um, uh, we recently just updated to 3.4.1 for Goo uh-huh. Engine, so that's yeah. available now, uh, and that has so many cool features from 3.4.1 uh, that like we've been excited about just from native Blender. And then we also got to update a couple of features ourselves. So we we got to like push a couple updates that were pretty big. 
um, with like light groups and stuff that they're like node based now. So we get a lot of cool like um, huge features released at the same time. So we, it also gives us a chance to update our own stuff um, in the builds. Uh, that's cool. Simultaneously. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It, so that, that's Patreon where people can get the build yeah, version. It, Got it. Exactly. It's just Patreon. So we release those one, whenever we have them. And, and what, um, what is Goo Studio? Oh, sorry. Or Goo Engine. Sorry. What yeah. is Goo Engine? Goo, I mean, Goo Engine is basically just the fork of Blender at the end of the day. Um, but it's something that's actively maintained. So like... Goo but what Engine does it do? What's the... Rich... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, I mean, it's focused specifically on anime style rendering. So Ooh. a lot of the big changes in Goo Engine are in the shader editor. Um, we have four custom nodes, um, probably more coming later, but we have four major custom nodes that are like game changers for how anime calculations work. Okay. Um, one of them is like the shader info node and that makes tune shaders like super clean and you can separate them out into like different passes and everything like shadow pass and like the light pass and self shadow pass. Like there's a whole bunch of things you can do with that wow. where you can actually control your characters better. And these, this is necessary for like basically like erasing the 3d-ness of like mm. geometry to make it look more 2d and so that's like what we're trying to develop basically all so can you that. I, I don't know much yeah. about it but i always imagined yeah. that like you've got like a character's arm but then like the fold and the the clothing just for whatever reason just looks off look looks like yeah. a completely different shape because of the light so you can adjust yeah. the shadow let's say for like that oh, one yeah. specific thing ah, yeah you totally that's what it. you need yeah and it's also something, so one thing that's very interesting about that, and it's probably something related to the phenomenon that you're talking about, is like self-shadows are a big thing in 3D that we have like, just like beaten out of Blender, like with Goo Engine. Oh, yeah? We hate it. We hate self-shadows. Okay. <laughs> so self-shadows basically is like, especially on the face and stuff, like, but like on other things too, it's like, when it, when you cast a shadow on itself, it like, it looks realistic and that's good. But in 2D, it's actually very common to just omit those like you just like don't draw them because yeah it's like, right uh, we only care about the shadows casted from other objects we already know in our brain we already know what shape this thing is so we, we don't need more shadows from this shape we more huh. we need more shadows from the other shape so it's like an example of that is like um for the nose you actually do have a shadow there in anime but that's never actually a real shadow it's just drawn on there as like a shape to imply the nose but if in 3d you can't get that so if you actually had the nose cast a shadow, you would get this like gross, like, I don't even know, like how it would just be like this oh, weird thing. Oh, yeah. Because it would be physically accurate, but it would not, you wouldn't have any control over it. So then it just like mm. breaks things. And it betrays the 3D geometry and all these other things. And so what you want to do is you want to get rid of that. So you take out the self shadows and you only have cast shadows. And that's not possible in Blender. Um, mm. okay. The only way to do that is for like what we did basically is we went into the EV engine, the code, and like purposefully separate, I took that, dissected it and like put them out into different passes so that self shadows are separate and we can wow. only Yeah, so it's like this- That's this fascinating. Thing that like, yeah, and that's the reason why, I never, by the way, I never thought of this. that, but yeah, anime- Yeah. It's just kind of like cell, like clean, flat. Yes, it's very clean. Aside from like, yeah, the environment, you know, exactly. shadowing on, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, where do you, you need want, the shadow? You, you need it like under the chin, under the nose. Yeah, under the chin. Yeah, that's good. Under the nose. Usually, like, right here on the jawline, too. You always have, like, a good mm. shadow there. Because you want to accent that because you have no other, like, way to show depth. So you want to make sure that's, like, the head is separate from the neck. 
Um, so how do you do that? Are you like ways. drawing it in? You can do it a f- couple different ways. We're kind of experimenting with some more like draw drawing style things because that gives you a lot more control. But in mm. the past, we just used normal editing. So that's like a thing where you basically trick the shader into thinking that the object is a different shape. And so you basically simplify the shading, Ooh. even though the geometry is very complex. So like what I'll do is I'll normal edit it so that like the geometry looks like a real face, but then like the normals think it's a sphere. So it's just like, it shades like a sphere. So you just have like a, a single cut right here and then you can just move the, the light so it like lines up here and then you're good to go. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Stuff like that. And you can How also was, animate um, it so that like, oh, it shows across the face. Yeah, no, you're good. Okay. I, I'm curious, what did, um, everyone talks about Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. How did they oh, do man. it? They, honestly, I think they did basically the same thing. I'm not actually sure how they did their shadows in particular. Um, but I assume it's probably normal editing because that's okay. the same for most things. Mm. But they had a bunch of custom tech. So like, um, not only did they do shadows, they also did a lot, a lot of line work. So they had like this whole mm. like machine learning line line animation thing that they could draw. I heard about faces. that. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a whole thing. That's like they could probably use that for certain shadows too. Like if is, you like turn this way, a shadow appears. Is custom yeah. line work is that very expensive? Like in terms of manual labor. If you wanted to do it frame by frame, yes. If you wanted to do their mm. way, you would just need a tool that like interpolates properly for it to look good. Mm, okay. Um, okay. So it's it's yeah. Like if you were to do it, just like the the like the the budget way of just like parenting like a curve on the face, you could do it. But it'll look like you just painted something on the guy's face because like it doesn't move mm. like a two D artist would draw it. It would I move see. like a three D artist would draw it. Um, could you, so, so you you could do it yeah. with grease pencil, but you just have to draw it. Oh yeah. Manually. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah, you would. We've experimented with it, but we don't really have the bandwidth to like do that per frame. Um, mm. So like we reserve it for like very specific expressions, like if we do do it. Um, but we do have some experiments coming up for some like future projects where we do that. Uh, and we're going to be experimenting with like custom shadows and stuff for that too. So mm. more detail in the facial expressions is something we're working on right now, which is pretty exciting. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, yeah, this yeah. is just a complete random question that popped in my head. Who did yeah. the animation for, um, you know, Kill Bill? The anime animation that just appeared midway through volume one, I think it is. Was there an anime animation in volume one? I've watched Kill it like Bill twice. anime. I have to see this. It's Oren Ishii's story. Yeah, so it was volume one. And it's sort of like the introduction to, um, oh God, what's her name? The Asian girl. Who used Go-Go. to be in everything? Go go. No no no, not Go Go. No no no, she's oh, the uh, the younger one. The um, I'm thinking oh, of the... uh, you know what? You know the one, Lucy <laughs> Liu. Lucy, Lucy Liu. Liu. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. introduction to her character, so you learn when she was like a little girl. Um, oh, I they, do remember that now. And they yeah. had like yeah. her. Uh, it was like straight after you like, I don't know. Someone got like. Uh, yeah you, you, anyway you get introduced to her and then you see her like growing up as a kid and like her yeah. dad dying and these like guys coming in with samurais yeah. but like the yeah. style of it was just incredible i've always wanted to watch like a whole movie in that style um that's but, true yeah but anyways Ma- sh- might i might i recommend kung fu panda <laughs> kung fu panda have you seen kung fu panda honest question oh yes yeah 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 it is the the trilogy is a, it's a fantastic piece of art to be honest. It is. Um, it is. It is definitely underrated. It you think it's, it's a underrated. kids movie, but like yeah. especially like 
think it's the third one. Like I was yeah. like tearing up. It was like, damn, this oh, is yeah. this is pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed them actually. Uh, and like they had some sequences in there that were like two D, very two D inspired, especially like oh, the flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it kind of reminds me of that. I, if I if memory serves, like I know I think the the one you're talking about in Kill Bill is more grungy, so like there's like a bit of a difference there. But I think like the the visual style, like the the techniques they used were probably kind of similar. Because I think um, they actually had some 2D animators basically work on those sequences in Kung Fu Panda. And they would try to replicate that with uh, like some other tools. But they would ultimately mm. just use 2D animation as a base. And like right. it looked it looked gorgeous because, I mean, yeah. Interesting. I'll have to rewatch it. I can't uh, <laughs> yeah. remember yeah. the 2D sequences. But, yeah, I love the fight action sequences in that. Especially oh, that's like, so good. I remember it was just the first one. It was like kind of new for its time. But that sequence yeah. where, um, is it Tai Long? Tai Le- I can't remember, the yeah. tiger. Tai Long, and yeah. He, and yeah, he escapes from the prison. And it's in this like yes. vertical castle structure thing. And he like jumping God. off the walls. And then he like does like bowling pin into all these guards. And the camera is kind of like flying around in these like. Yeah. That was insane. That was, that was so really good. cool. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. What actually, what, yeah. what inspires you? What are your inspirations today? Ah, man. I mean, Monty's a big inspiration for sure. I mean, he started me onto the path of animation. So that's like big plus. Where, where can I people think, find his stuff? You know, I am i don't even know anymore because he actually got big on game trailers, which was like before mm. YouTube. Okay. Um, but I believe he does have a YouTube channel. If not, you can always Google just Monty Um O-U-M. O-U-M. And, uh, yeah, just found it. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, he has a couple videos out that he got big on. Um, the one that I saw first was Haloid. So it's H-A-L-O-I-D. Oh, yeah, I just found it. Yep. Yep. From and that's 14 Metroid... years ago. Damn. Oh, God, yeah. That's a Metroid Haloid mix-up fan art. Uh, so it's uh, Samus versus Master Chief. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's a really, really good fight scene. That's just like, you you can't even believe one guy made it. It's kind of cool. Um, and you also yeah. said uh, uh, Ruby? R-W-B-Y? Yes, R-W-B-Y. So he, he directed that? He started that show. Yeah, he's, he okay. was the creator of that show at Rooster Teeth. So he worked at Rooster Teeth for a few years, and then eventually he started his own IP at the studio. Um, wow. And that became R-W-B-Y, Ruby. That's crazy. Um, okay. Which st- stands for technically red, white, black, yellow. The oh, way. there you go. Okay, nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... um. There, uh, definitely him and he's, he's probably the biggest like 3d animator uh inspiration and then i have a bunch of like anime animators like yutaka nakamura is probably my biggest anime inspiration he's a japanese freelance animator who's like a legend in the industry okay. um like if you look at like all the like big big fight scenes that have been happening like in the past few years in the anime and you just like look at like the craziest most like dynamic cut and you're like that's cra- that's so good and you just look up the animator it's probably him like it's just really it's always him like in like all True. the animation, it's just like that's him because he's a freelancer so like he works on all these projects and you just kind of see how do like you his spell his name sorry incredible yeah so it's n-a-k-a-m-u-r-a m-u-r-a nakamura yeah nakamura yeah and nakamura. his first name is yutaka but um or i guess this is his last name i don't know whatever I forget because it's like Japanese keeps flipping it. But like, oh, it's pulled up a chess player. 
Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura is a pretty common name. So oh, okay. Utaka <laughs> would be the would be the other thing. Hopefully that brings it up. But Y U T A K A T A K A Utaka Nakamura. Ooh, okay, all right. Yeah. Animated yeah. Showcase Utaka Nakamura. Okay, all right. Yeah, and what is it God. that that inspires you from his work? The energy. So mm. uh, Japanese anime is very energy focused. They have like, just generally speaking, like the animators and like the animation principles are different than the West. And they focus all on just like visual energy. They can like get you to tense up just by looking at a couple of frames and like you like relax because they, they like they can make you relax. And like, that's something I feel really strongly about when it comes to like directing and animation. And like, they understand like the flow of lines and like the flow of characters, like how they should go around to like give the most like anticipation and the most payoff on like everything. And wow. Nakamura takes that to like the next level. Cause he can not only do that, but he can also draw backgrounds really well. I think that's one of his like um, m most sort of like telling pieces is like, he's one of the few animators that's not afraid of camera changes and huh. like, Typically, 2D animation, it's really, really difficult to like, like rotate the camera, like in mm -hmm. any way, or even mm -hmm. move the camera because you can, you just pan it and that's it, like panning because you want to draw the background once and that's all you want to do. But like he just sort of like does whatever the hell he wants. So he's just like, I'm just gonna animate it so that like the camera's going around like 360, like doing whatever, and like I'll just draw the background every frame. And like he does that, and it gives this crazy dynamic shot that you don't see in anime because no one's really willing to do that kind of work. And he can just do it. And he's just, he does that. And then he combines that with all the amazing choreo and energy, uh, like visual expression that he's already really good at. And he gets something that's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, watching yeah. it. It's, uh, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Really it's, it's, I mean, you could just watch that all day. It's, it's an incredibly satisfying, like compilation. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So he's a awesome. big inspiration as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, there's, there's going to be a ton of anime animators as well. Um, uh, I think Waylon Zhang is actually another one that I would just give a special mention to. He's actually a web gen animator, which basically just means he's like, you know, the younger crowd where they grew up with the internet and like drawing digitally instead of traditionally. Um, Waylon Zhang is, um, he's Chinese and he actually has worked on a couple anime recently. Um, and he's really, really, really good at choreography, uh, specifically. Um, so I think he does a, re a really good job at doing hand-to-hand -hand combat and um, stuff like that. He's just like incredible at like chore choreographing a believable anime, but grounded fight scene. Like he doesn't go as far into like the whole explosion, like push him a hundred thousand feet away or anything like that. More of like the grounded, like this could be uh, two people actually fighting, but like two hmm. masters, you know. Not just right, that. right. Yeah, so it's good. Okay. It's 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 a balance of both. I, I I like a lot of different kinds of artists, but yeah. Oh, and then I guess I should give a third one because I actually do have one one special mention. Hyalti, Hyalti. Oh, from the Blender uh, the, from, Institute. From, from yeah, the Blender Institute. He is uh, probably my favorite animator when it comes to acting animation. Um, I think his his acting is very very good. Uh, I've always loved like the nuance of like his his sort of like acting choices, like his character animation is really really believable and like um, feels alive in like this way that like he just sort of shows emotion through like you know 
very minimal like brow movements and like you know eyeball movements and stuff mm. to feel what they're thinking and i think that's something that like i i respect a lot i really like his style of animation it's really really good that's so different yeah. to uh the one you just mentioned exactly uh, yeah or, or like yeah. the fight scenes where it's just like all maximalist and so yep. you're saying Hialti yep. is like a neutral, like nuanced performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's right. the other side of the spectrum where it's just like total like control over like every detail. Uh, that's just mm. the kind of guy he is. And I have a lot of respect for that. And like for me, like when it comes to acting stuff, I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like, I just don't have the patience for it. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right, right, right. But yeah, like, yeah. he's really, really good. Like that would be like, oh man, it'd be incredible. He, he's incredible. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, I'll put these yeah. links in the uh, the show notes for people. Um, yes. And uh, we've sort of come to the end here. Where can people find you besides your YouTube channel, Dylan Goo? Where else should they look yes. for you? Good question. I actually just started posting on a second channel called Professor Goo, where oh. I start doing like, I'm doing like, you know, casual tutorials and like behind the scenes videos and stuff there. Mm. Um, okay. So for the... The more technical crowd, like especially like the people who want to learn how to use Goo Engine or like other Blender things and, and the stuff that I do, um, that's a pretty good you know place to find me. I post on there more often than my main channel because that takes doesn't take as long. Far as less time. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's that. I also stream a little bit on Twitch. Same. Okay. Twitch.tv slash Dylan Goo. Okay. Uh, and then Discord. Yeah, I, I have a Discord as well. So oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty active on Discord. So like if you guys have any questions, like you can go to the public Discord, discord.gg slash Dylan Goo. Uh there's a lot of other Blender users there too who like to talk about animation and stuff. Got it. And I'm just final question, because I'm I, I I I did want to get this. I'm really curious about the numbers. So you because you've got a lot of different revenue sources. You got the ad, yes, you've got Patreon, you've got courses, yep. you've got merch. Um yes. Yeah, what, if you had to put them in order, I'm just curious. Like, what what makes the what makes the most money for you? If you don't mind oh, sharing, man. No, yeah, I don't mind. I just like I wish I like because it changes every year because um, uh, we've okay. been doing so many things. So it's like because uh, the studio is pretty young. I think the studio's been around for technically about three, two three years right now, um, and so it's like we've been sort of like experimenting with different revenue sources, and so recently. I think the biggest thing is like the sponsorships have helped a lot. So like that's just like a single mm. like source of revenue. It's like, oh yeah, they, they help fund the project. So that's good. Mm. Um, but then other than that, I would definitely say like the course is probably second to that. The course mm. is pretty pretty high up there. Um, and then probably, probably digital merch after that. So like we have the add-ons that we've been offering for, um, so we have mesh trails. Right. That's, like a, uh, that's like a VFX add-on that we made a while back, which we use all the time. It's just, it's really, really useful, but, um, there wasn't a solution for it. So we made one. And so we've been selling that as well. Cause I think it's, I mean, it's a game changer. Um, yeah. Dylangoo.com so. forward slash products forward slash mesh dash trails, mesh trails. Yes. Okay. Mesh trails. You can also uh, go to meshtrails.com. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically, you know how like people have like tutorials about how to make sword trails and stuff. Like uh, yeah you want you want to do a simple sword trail but like there's like usually all the tutorials talk about like there's like a five bone rig and like you gotta like offset <laughs> the keyframes and like it takes like an hour just to get like one swipe down okay and like 
I, I used like we tried that we actually made this back in Demon Slayer Cats uh, because we had fi a fire sword effect that we wanted to do. And I was like, the whole video has sword trails. How are we going to do this? <laughs> oh, right. So, um, we ended up developing a solution that would allow us to actually use um, sword trails automatically. So it's a fully automatic solution. It just makes it for you wow. um, out of a mesh. And then like you can just sort of add shaders to it and make it whatever you want. And that was a that's so cool for us. Wow. Yeah. It, it saves us so much time. <laughs> and that makes that makes a lot of sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent amount for sure. Because I think it's like That's people great. are like, this is actually really, there is not really a huge solution for it in the market anywhere else. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that's been, that's been really cool. And people have been If I could really suggest sell different tiers for different studios, teams, yes, studios, yes. and I single. Was, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about that as well. Yeah, that was something that I was considering. And I was like, I'm wondering how we can do that. And I think like, I think Blender Market has a really good support for that. So I just got to figure it out for Shopify and we're good to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 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 that's a good idea. I like that's, it. That's very cool. Okay, cool. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm just all very curious about the numbers, the different different ways you can make it. Uh, so sponsorships, yes. then the course, then the add-ons, Patreon, and then ad revenue? Y yes, ad revenue is on the very bottom, like very, wow. very bottom. Wow. Yeah, ad that's revenue. That's so like, crazy. Okay, I'll, the amount I'll of views you get. I'll just tell you, you some get. numbers. Yeah, like some numbers are like, I think, if I get like a million views on a video in a month, like that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get like one to 2K. That's it. Holy <laughs> shit. That's it. It's very little. Very, very Whoa. Little. So it really is like, yeah. Uh, view duration, not count. Isn't it's it? watch time for sure. Wow. Yeah. Watch time for sure. Cause yeah, I get yeah, yeah. way more than that for the same amount of views. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've had like longer videos that like didn't do as well, but paid me the same or more than like wow. a million video. Yeah, um, that's just how it is. And like, it's interesting because like for me, it's a struggle, right? Because it's like, oh, like I could make like story time animations. Like I, those are easier, like technically. I uh -huh. can talk because I, I did a Q and A video that I actually really enjoyed making, where like I got to just like talk to my fans and like answer some questions and make some animated jokes and stuff. And that was a lot of fun, a lot easier to do. And it was like an eight minute video. Right. And it took me like, eh, maybe like a month, less than a month, like a couple weeks. And like, I was like, man, this is, this is great. People really like it. And, uh, it pays a lot more and it didn't do as well, but it still paid pretty well. Like, and I was like, I could do this more, but then I wouldn't have time to do what I want to do, <laughs> which mm. is to make these animations. So I just like, it's always been like a struggle for me where I'm just like, yeah, like I, I have to do what, like I want, which is ultimately like this this big goal of like making an original IP, and just making sure every step of the way is like that's what that's what I got to do. So damn, yeah. Well, dude, good luck. I'm I'm rooting for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. You yeah, live, you're it living the dream, and you're realizing how hard it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Every yeah. step of the way, it's like, hey, you know, this is actually this is actually pretty hard. That's, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think like, um, oh, man, like this is something that I, I like to just mention because a lot of people talk about like, this is related to the first question basically you asked me. It's like, what, what advice do I give to people who want to be like, who want to make their own studio or make their own like YouTube channel and like, make their own animations as a job? And like my, like my biggest thing is like, you have to remember this is very difficult. Like, mm. I know that it's very tempting to like, you know, 
be like, oh yeah, it's just, that's, I'm going to work at it and it's going to succeed. And it's like, um, you have to take a very cautious approach to it because it's like, there's a lot of things that there's no, like, there's no rule book to it. So it's like, you have to understand how do you actually know if you're going the right direction? Like, how do you mm. recalibrate? How do you like, you know, improve yourself and, and, and spend your time wisely? So you like, cause you only have a certain number of hours in a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, I, I do just like to remind people like it is really hard. Um, just keep that in mind. I don't want to discourage anybody because I think it's very, it's a very, very good gig. Like I love doing this. Right. Um, but like, it's very important to just keep that in mind. Like, I don't, I don't like to, uh, be too like, like too inspirational, motivational where it's like, yeah, just like, you know, t- like tomorrow you'll, you'll be great. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. you just got to work hard at it. And like, I think it's very important to keep a very like realistic mindset of like, yes, you should absolutely do it if you love it. Cause this is definitely going to be a, a great place to be if you love doing it, but just know that it's difficult and it, it is going to be like a long journey yeah. most likely. Yeah. yeah. But at the, so. then at the same time, it's like, like if you also, if you knew how hard it was, you could potentially put yeah. yourself off it. In which case, oh, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to reach through the time portal and find old <laughs> Dylan and say, don't do it because it's so hard, yeah. you know? No, so it's absolutely. like you yeah. you do find fulfillment, but at the same time, it's like just set up your expectation that like probably yeah. most of what you enjoy doing, you might not even get to do it often. I mean, that's what I find in my business. Like yes. m- probably yeah. more than half is stuff that I don't want to do but it's required yeah. for what the business is. Um, yeah. And you just have to yeah. be prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's especially true. Like just like generally uh, like when creatives get into executive positions, you have to do that. It's like understanding like the finances and the business side of things. Like that's a whole thing with artists that they're yeah. not prepared for usually. Um, and uh, yeah, just be prepared for it. I think it's like, if you, if you like, basically it's like, I don't want to discourage anybody, but for anybody who hasn't thought about that yet, they should, because that will affect their decision. Like, it's better to just, like, think about, like, oh, like, am I prepared to focus on the finances? Like, am I mentally, like, am I going to be okay with that? Like, for yeah. example, like, how much of that time is going to, and, like, if you're okay with that and like, that's still worth it for you, do it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it, for me, it is, like, absolutely. Um, and I knew that from the beginning. I was like, yeah, it's going to be worth it because, like, this is what I want to do. Um, but, like, some people just haven't thought about it and they, like, they make that decision. I think it's important to, to think about it first. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good advice, man. Yeah, stay stay yeah. realistic, but have fun along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember yeah. why you started too. That's another thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And hopefully, I will get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. I'm really excited, actually. This is just a small thing, but like um, our studio this year is working on some pretty exciting things. Okay. Uh, and like when it comes to original IP stuff, like it's actually, um, I don't want to say too much, but like it's. It, Time, the time has come, I should say, um, where things are, are starting to come together and like all the things we've been working on over the past few years are like, yeah, they're, they're coming into a project that you guys may or may not see this year. We'll Ooh. Um, but yeah. Look forward to that. Okay. Exciting yeah. stuff. This is your IP. <laughs> yes, it's my IP. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, yeah. let's leave it there on a, on a cliffhanger. We look forward to seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Yeah, Dylan. sounds good. Yeah, thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, of course. It was great.